give to his disciples, and a lot of it pertains to Jewish Christians who will be saved in the future, <clears throat> but there's still uh, much that we could learn as well, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at it a little further tonight. Well, last week we had to pause and pull aside and go into old, the Old Testament and take a look at a prophecy called Daniel's 70 Weeks, and it's a... Uh, it's a foundational <clears throat> prophecy if you're going to properly understand, if you're properly going to understand the rest of prophecy. I've seen people who kind of ignore it or say, ah, I don't, you know, make much of it, and they kind of go off into error in their understanding of God's Word. You know, we're supposed to compare Scripture with Scripture. And uh, sometimes people have an attitude of, ah, I don't want to study that. Just tell me, just give me some milk, just tell me the simple stuff, and and there's milk and there's simple stuff in the Bible, but there's also bread and there's also meat. And sometimes we need, we need to just pause a little bit and exercise our brain. I know sometimes Christians will study intently uh, sports or some, some game or some crossword puzzle or some research they're doing, and they will bury their brain into something to try to figure it out. But they won't do the same for God's Word. And, uh, but, they, but we should, and we should be willing to. I'm not trying to make this hard on Wednesday nights. At the same time, I'm not trying to make this hard, but I want you to know that there's important things <clears throat> in the Scripture that sometimes we need to just pause and consider a little more intently. And this is one of those passages in Matthew 24. <clears throat> Matthew 24. And then it leads, and notice in chapter 25, it leads into some parables, and we'll get to those eventually. Matthew 24, and all of that discourse. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to look tonight, we'll... The second two points there, we've, the first part of this chapter talks about what we'd know as the beginning of the tribulation period, also known as seven, Daniel's seven, uh, 70th week. Jesus describes events there. <clears throat> it also parallels what's said in Revelation chapter 6 and 7. And then last week, we, in the last couple of weeks, we considered this, this middle section of the chapter, which reveals events in the middle part of a future tribulation time. Again, these are prophetic events. This caused us to go look at Daniel's prophecy in Daniel's uh, chapter 9. And then Jesus describes the end of the tribulation and then the time when he finally comes. And we're going to hope to look at these last two tonight and then get to this, ask, answer this question. What is this all telling me? What is this all telling me for here and now, for me as a non-tribulation believer? What is it saying to me? Okay? Um, all right. So let's consider this tonight. Let's do this. Let's read. And verse, uh, let's look at Matthew 24. Let's look at verses 15, <coughs> excuse me, 15 to 28. I'm a little dry. I've been outside uh, yesterday and Tuesday and today working, and uh, I don't know if I got dehydrated. <coughs> excuse me. All right, let's pay attention here. Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 to 28, and then we'll come back and comment on some of these as we finish uh, this time. In the chapter, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. 
And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, <clears throat> and, show, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Again, so what we're talking about is a future span of time that's not today. These things that are being described, you might see little symbols of them in this day and age. But the full fulfillment of what we're seeing here is yet in the future. Uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about something in this passage, and it reminded me of this, this whole Florida condominium thing that collapsed. What was that, about four weeks ago now? Everybody, anybody know, everybody know what I'm talking about? The Florida condominium that collapsed, and it's this horrible thing. Uh, wasn't there like two towers, I think? <clears throat> or maybe one that was kind of had different sections. I read about a lady that escaped... Um, escaped that tower uh, before it collapsed. Here's her story. Her name is, <clears throat> I'll try to pronounce her name, uh, Liana Montiguro. Liana Montiguro. Thank you. And uh, so this lady, she's, I don't know, probably 50s, in her 50s or 60s. She lived in these, these condominiums there in Florida that eventually collapsed. Um, I, <clears throat> she uh, they, the kids, her children were looking back on her escape and saying, you know, God just saved her life, chose to save her life. Uh, normally, she would take sleeping pills to help her sleep and, and some other things that she normally would do that she didn't do. But this one night, she didn't take sleeping pills to help her sleep. She had, in fact, she wanted to be very conscientious about getting up at a certain time the next day for some job interview. <clears throat> so what happened was that she went to sleep on her, and she's on one of the higher stories, and she went to sleep, and uh, she, uh, believing the way it's worded is that she was wakened by what she called a rare force. Believing the feeling came from an open balcony door, she went to her living room and went over to the open balcony door and tried to close it. And then as she closed it, behind her, as she closed it, she looked back, <clears throat> back into her house, and she saw a crack coming from the ceiling, quickly snaking down the wall and opening up fast. And something in inside her said, get out. <laughs> and she, didn't, she wasn't properly uh, tired, so she quickly threw on some clothes, grabbed like uh, maybe her purse or something, keys, and just got out of there. When she got out, she left her, <clears throat> her condo door, her house, she didn't know that the first set of stairs was right by her. She didn't go to those first set of stairs. The elevator was nearby also. She knew not to do that just in case. She was looking for the next set of stairs. She didn't know the one that was right by her for some weird reason. And she went all the way over to the other side of <clears throat> her, the tower she was at, I think it's probably into the other area, and went down those stairs. And as she's going down those stairs, her tower collapsed. She could hear it collapsing, and she escaped, and she realized, it's a good thing I didn't know those stairs that were right next to me. But 
this lady reminds me, this whole thing reminds me of this whole scenario here that Jesus is talking about. Now, here's what, I'll, here's what I mean. We talked about Jesus saying to the Jews, when you see this, when you see the abomination of desolation, when you see, enough for the Jews, their temple is going to be rebuilt. There's no temple now. It will be rebuilt by the, sometime in the future, and it will be assembled, and they'll start doing their sacrifices. And at some point, the Antichrist, who's going to have a three-and-a-half-year peace with them, is supposed to have a seven-year one. He's going to break it, his, his covenant with them. He's going to go in there, and he's going to desecrate it. And Jesus says, when you see him do that, and that's when Jesus referred to Daniel's prophecy, and that's why we took time to study it. Jesus says, when you see that, you better take off. Look what it says. This is part of the, Jesus is revealing the mid-tribulation events. Now look what he says. Verse 15, when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. Verse 16, book it. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. He speak first. One of the things he says is for those, uh, we have to understand 70 weeks of Daniel. And then he says, when you see that, there's going to be intense travailing. And here's a couple of things he says about this tense, this travailing. The Judean ha- inhabitants need to flee. You see that in verse 16? Whoever's a believer <clears throat> or whoever decides to read Jesus' words right. need to run. Run. If you're living in Jerusalem, it's kind of like, okay, let's just say the Phoenix area is Jerusalem. And we hear, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, the temple's been instituted and they're doing the sacrifices and they're doing all this as a Jew, you know. And then all of a sudden they, he goes and he desecrates it and he goes in the, the holy place and there's, and you think, oh, wait, I remember Jesus said this. Go, run, where's the mountains? Take off. They are supposed to take off and flee. There's going to be a set of people who are going to take Jesus' words seriously one day. And they're going, to, they're going to do what he said, and they're going to find a retreat somewhere in the wilderness. This might correspond with what we read in Revelation. Remember in Revelation, there are two, when Israel's given, they're pictured as a woman, and the dragon's trying to persecute her. And she's given two wings of an angel, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an eagle, and she gets to retreat into the wilderness. And, the, and it talks about the... The, uh, the dragon that is the devil trying to persecute Israel and persecute Israel and persecute and Israel is supernaturally delivered. This might be partially a description of that. But here, there's going to come a day when finally all the enemies of Israel are going to be invading her. Who's an enemy of Israel? Can anybody want to name a nation? <clears throat> name a nation. Go ahead. Huh? Germany? There's some Germans that are. Not all. Not all. Consistently Iran. Iraq. Yep. Sudan. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. A lot of the Muslim nations, they kind of go back and forth. They kind of do this reluctant handshake in front of American presidents. Like, okay, we'll put up with you for a little while, you know. Uh, consistently, well, Russia, it's in the Bible. I'm not going to run there. I'm not going to run it. Russia and Iran are coming in. They will come into Israel. They'll invade it. There'll be kings from the east that will come in also. So Jesus says to, the, to these, there's going to be intense 
Um, persecution. They need to run. So there's a tense, we call it a tense travail. There's also going to be imposters that arise. Look at verse 23 to 27. I'm not going to break down all these verses. They are interesting, though. There is more to it. But I'm trying to give you a little bit of a higher picture here. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, or, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they will deceive the very elect. In this day, there will be the inhabitants of Judea need to flee, but imposters will arise. Imposter Christs. See, we know there's false Christs now, right? Do you know of any false religions that have a Jesus that's not the true one? Name one. Mormonism, that's a false Jesus. I'm sorry, I have Mormon friends and neighbors, but that's a false Jesus. And any other false Jesuses? Jehovah's Witnesses have a false Jesus. <clears throat> okay, at least those two big ones. You know, Catholicism kind of has, eh, it's a little bit, you know. The Trinity, yeah, but you're kind of putting Mary above and it's just... But there's going to be false Christ in this day. They're like, this is Christ, like the beast. Here's a prophet, like the false prophet, showing signs and wonders. Or maybe there'll even be people in other parts of the world that say, Christ is overhidden. He's hiding in a cave in um, New Zealand. He's in the secret place. Jesus tells everybody, he says, if anybody says stuff like that, don't believe him. If it, listen to, follow the logic that Jesus says here. There's going to come a day when people are going to be under tribulation, <clears throat> And they're going to be like, where is, is Jesus come? And somebody, yes, he has come, but he's in a secret place. You got to go over here. Or they're going to say, no, it's that guy right there pointing at the Antichrist. And Jesus said, there's going to be false Christ. Don't believe him. Because in contrast to that, look what he says. There shall rise false Christ. I've told you this beforehand. Uh, verse 26, if they shall say unto you, behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Why? Because when I come, he says, look at verse 27, for as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He says, when I come, everybody will know. Just like lightning, right? You ever notice that? How many of you count the seconds when you can hear the thunder after the lightning? Whoever does that? Sometimes it takes a while, huh? You're like, man, that's pretty far away. I kind of calculated my miles because I know how fast t speed t sound travels, you know. But it goes, you see a flash, and it's like, it, it can flash across. Jesus said, my coming is going to be quick, abrupt, and everybody's going to know when I come. It'll be obvious. It won't be like, he's hiding over there. There's been religions like that. There's been cults like that that have said those things. And Jesus says, no, it'll be very obvious when I come. And he describes it even more. Watch this. Oh, he says there's going to be an invitation for eagles to devour the carnage. Look at this, verse 28. When I come back, there's going to be a lot of eagles having an all-you-can-eat buffet. Verse 28. Wheresoever the carcass is, that's a dead body, there will the eagles be gathered together. Eagles can we also be referring to vultures. Eagles are kind of, eagles and vultures are all just, yuck. You know, we look at an eagle like, what an awesome bird. Man, they'll eat junky stuff, you know. Now, at the end, before Jesus uh, comes back in Revelation 19, actually, when he comes back in Revelation 19, 
17 to 21. Did you know that God, I think it was one of the angels says, Hey, all the birds in the earth, come over here. We got a big old supper for you. You're going to eat the top stuff. Kings of flesh of kings and princes and all kinds of guys. All you birds, come on over here. We got some good cooking for you. It sounds, it is kind of funny, but you know what? The angels will say that to all the birds. You know why? Because there's going to be such a huge battle that there's going to be blood and meat all over the place for them to eat. You ever get, how many kids ever see dead vultures on the side of the road, or vultures on the side of the road eating something dead? Vultures, turkey vultures, any vultures, yeah. And you're like, that's gross. You ever seen that? It's gross. Now, I remember being over here at Freestone Rec Center right here. Outside, we were up and we were doing something up on the, my kids are running on the track. I'm not running, I'm walking. And I look outside, I'm like, four or five of these turkey vultures out on the lawn, they're, eat, they're just devouring something. I'm like, that's gross. I'm like, come on, this is Gilbert. We're supposed to be polished right. around here. They didn't care. They're eating all this junk, some dead cat, a rabbit. I don't know what it was, but they're just chowing away. There's going to be a lot of them. <clears throat> and Jesus said, it's going, to get, it's going to get ugly before it gets better. And so Jesus describes the middle part of the tribulation. It'll be intense. And then the, the end of the tribulation, that, that's Daniel's 70 weeks. We'll get to that another time. There'll be unprecedented disturbances and a an, an universal discovery. Okay, let's describe that quickly. We're, we're giving you the sum of this. All right, so Jesus described the beginning, the middle, and now the end of the tribulation. Look at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. So there's two things we see at the end of the tribulation. Unprecedented disturbances. Um, if the moon goes dark, not on a, on, a, on a cloudless day, or turns a weird color, that's not normal. Or if the sun just goes blacked out, that's not normal. Or all, if, if a lot of uh, stars start hitting the earth or meteors start hitting the earth, that's not normal. Or um, if uh, the, you know, the sea turns to blood and different things like that, that's not normal. It's showing the normal patterns of nature are going to be disrupted. Before Jesus, this is, I want you to get this, before Jesus comes back, all it's like the see we find comfort in the laws of nature an atheist finds comfort in the laws of nature he can build scientific formulas based on dependable laws of nature that god's instilled and he can depend on his formulas and calculate things for math for physics for science for engineering and he can calculate things and weather patterns based on consistent laws and patterns that God has put in nature and His handiwork. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to just throw them all off. He has a right to disturb the thing He's made. He's going to throw off things with the earth, with the sun, with all kinds. It's all going to be out of whack. And people are going to be like, what, what? All of our things that we are dependable, we took for, that we take for granted, the way we calculate time, and maybe the, 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 sometimes you can navigate the, the ocean by the star, all of it's going to be thrown off, all of it, on purpose. Have you ever had some? I've seen my dad sometimes he'll do something, he's made something before, uh, maybe for a car, and then he didn't like it and he just crunched it up and threw it to the side. You know, or like, I don't like that. And he, you know, make, maybe making a panel 
a, 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 for something on a car and he didn't like it, or a paint job he didn't like, he's like, I'm going to redo that. God's going to be able to do that. You know, he has a right to just, just kind of clear the whole table of this, of this place and just, I'm going to redo all this stuff. Well, he's going to let things get, he's going to let things be off. But then there's going to be a, a, a universal discovery. Verses 30 and 31, this is when Jesus actually appears and comes back. <clears throat> then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, this scripture doesn't enlarge on what I'm about to tell you, but what happens here is Jesus, we can go to other scriptures, but Jesus, when he comes back, everybody's going to see it. I don't know how, if he's going to orbit the earth a couple times, let everybody see, then step down, I don't know. But everybody's going to see him come back. And they're like, oh yeah, he's coming back. And there's going to be some people who will, um, there'll be different types. There'll be those, when he comes back, people who will be revealed with him. That's us. Amen. Did you know when he appears, we'll be revealed with him? The Lord come, is going to come back with, we're, we're coming back with him. When he comes back, we're going to be revealed with him. When he comes back, some will repent. So when Jesus comes back, wow, there he is. Some will repent and believe on him. Many Jews will, according to Romans chapter 11, and, and there's a passage in Zechariah. Some will rejoice. There'll be already some believers on earth. They'll say, yes, finally, he's here. But get this, some will rebel. Now, some of us think, some people think, if I saw God, then I would believe him. Right? If I just, if God would do this, this, and this, then I'll believe him, you know? Listen, there's going to be people on the earth at that time. They're going to see God throw everything off. They're going to see two prophets that are supernaturally uh, doing things, the two prophets in Jerusalem that can't be killed until God allows them to, do fire come out of their mouth, cause it to stop raining, call fire down from heaven. They're going to see 144,000 uh, witnesses do preaching the gospel. They're going to see all kinds of things, and there's going to be evidence that God is doing this. And then when God, the Son, finally shows up, they're going to, some are going to rejoice, some are going to repent, and some are going to rebel. Say, let's fight them. This is in the Bible. It's in, the, in Revelation. They gather together, and they say, let's fight them. That's how deceived Antichrist makes everybody. So if somebody says, well, if only I saw more evidence, then I would believe. That might not always be the case. People sometimes want to fight against God and not believe on God because they are downright proud. But Jesus, when he comes back, it'll be a, everybody will discover, yep, that's him. But that doesn't mean they believe. And he will, but he will set up his kingdom. When he arrives, people will know that by him all things consist, and he upholds all things by the word of his power, and everything will be set back right when he comes back. See, when the, the earth at this time gets all thrown off, 
the sun, the moon, and the stars, Jesus comes back, he defeats Antichrist, he's going to set everything back how he wants it to be, and there'll be a, uh, his kingdom he will start. So what does this tell me? When Jesus comes, things are made right. When Jesus comes to me, comes to my life, things are made right. I mean, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5 teach that. I was dead, but He quickened me. He made me alive. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, who in times past I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in times past, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He hath loved us, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When Jesus comes, I'm made right in my salvation. I'm saved. When Jesus comes to my life, I'm made right. I, I, this, this world's not going to be made perfectly right until He actually comes. We'll do our best to, to do our, to our corner of our business, our corner of our school, our corner of our neighborhood to make it right. We're going to do our best. But the whole deal's not going to be made right until Jesus gets here. Right? We're not bringing His kingdom in. He's bringing His kingdom in. We're not going to do so well in Christianity that the kingdom just came. Look what we did. It's not going to happen. He's going to bring it. Thy kingdom come. But Jesus also, when, he's, when we're consistently trusting Him, things are made right in my heart too. When Jesus comes, things are made right by sustaining trust. I like Isaiah 23, 26, verse 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. The world is a mess, okay? I don't have to be a mess. Because thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. We see Jesus will set the whole world right, and until then I just want him we need to let him set our heart right and keep, give us peace in our heart as we trust him. And so there is the kind of the chunk there of that, all of that discourse. We're going to look at, later on on some of these parables he gives about the nearness of his coming and how that's perceived. So let's, let's just pause for a word of prayer here.